This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, Brendo Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. Uh, this weekend, we've got, uh, what is it, Impact Slam Anniversary? Yeah, on Live twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson this Saturday. We're going to be at Action Coast Wrestling in Sacramento. You can get the link on Eventbrite. We're going to be hanging out, watching the show. If you're in town, if you're in the Northern California area, you want to hang out with Stephen Larson, come, come on, on out. Mr. Dope's going to be there. Hilton, yeah. Hilton, is Hilton going to be there? Uh, I know he was in Hawaii recently. Yeah, I texted him when we he asked me that question last time. I think mm-hmm. may, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think. <laughs> that's, how, that's a very Hilton answer. Uh, so, anything interesting happened today, Larson? Uh, yeah, something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess he could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did. something did. Something it interesting did, pretty, did happen. Pretty we're not talking about. We're not talking about AW Road Rager we're, where they, we're, or NXT 2.0. We're not talking about that. We're definitely not talking about that. Besides, that happened last night. Uh, we did get new tag champions in AEW, but that's sort of, I'll be honest with you, on the back burner right now because we're yeah. going to talk about something that could potentially see the end of the reign of Vince McMahon potentially uh, in control of WWE, although I'll be honest with you, I, I'd be surprised if that happened. Not necessarily shocked given uh, the report today mm-hmm. from the Wall Street Journal, which stated that the WWE's board is investigating Vince McMahon over a $3 million hush pact with a now former WWE employee who Vince allegedly had an affair with. The separation agreement was signed, get this, in January of 2022. That was five months ago. This wasn't like in the 90s. This wasn't in the odds or even in the tens or teens, whatever they call no, it. It's the twenty twenties. This happened like after AEW became a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this happened recently. Uh, the separation agreement was signed in January twenty twenty two, and bars the former employee who was hired as a paralegal in twenty nineteen from speaking about her relationship uh, with or disparaging Vince McMahon. Wall Street Journal's report adds the investigation began in April and learned of the NDA from an anonymous source via email who stated that they were a friend of the former WWE employee. During the course of the investigation, the board has learned of more NDAs related uh, to additional misconduct allegations made by other women who have worked for WWE. Vince wasn't the, one, the only one implicated as, shocker, head of talent relations John Laurinaitis was also named. Now, I just want to give... People might be sensitive to this topic, to this type of stuff. A little bit of a warning. There's some stuff in here that's kind of disturbing and unsettling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you're more interested, perhaps, in our AEW review, there's chapter breaks yes. on the YouTube version. And you can skip ahead probably around to like the 15 or 20 minute mark on the audio version um, there as well. But uh, yeah, so the first email. Received by the board mentioned that Vince hired the former employee at a salary of $100,000 and then doubled it to $200,000 once a sexual relationship started. That email also alleges that McMahon 
and this is a quote that's honestly disturbing as all it get really out. is it really is quote gave her like a toy to Laurenitis and notes that in 2021 the former employee was moved from the legal department and became Laurenitis's assistant the email also stated that quote my friend was so scared so she quit after Vince McMahon and lawyer Jerry McDevitt paid her millions of dollars to shut up Wall Street Journal notes that according to the board's preliminary findings, Vince used personal funds to pay former WWE employees who signed the NDAs, including one which included allegations made against Laurinaitis. A WWE spokesperson told the Wall Street Journal that the promotion is cooperating with the investigation that the relationship with the former employee was consensual. WrestleNomics Brandon Thurston is reporting that WWE is sending a similar message to staff following the release of Wall Street Journal's report, tweeting, quote, WWE sent a message to staff that's similar to the WWE spokesperson comment in the Wall Street Journal article. The Wall Street Journal has published a report about WWE with allegations that we and our board of directors take seriously. We are cooperating fully with the independent investigation initiated by our board of directors, end quote. Um, that I mean, goes, is... Sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. It's go pretty ahead. heavy stuff, Larson. What do you it think? Is. <laughs> it is very heavy stuff. And I was going to say this is is really the first time since the steroid trial where it's it's a distinct possibility that Vince will lose the day-to-day operating power uh, of WB. Um, You know, as of now, based on this, what we know so far, he's not into the same degree of, of, of legal issues as he was then, but, and that depending on the nature of these NDAs and other allegations that could obviously change. But, um, he has to answer to stockholders. And, uh, I believe this news came out around the time the markets closed today. There didn't, I didn't notice later on in the day, much activity in off hours trading. Okay. Um, it's not like it jumps off a cliff. This was like, this was like, I don't know, two hours ago or something. That might change if, you know, if, 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 John Laurinaitis's head isn't enough. Um, I mean, if they if they dig deep enough, God damn it, who knows? Yeah, what there could be find. there could be some. I mean, yeah, there could be some awful stuff. So, in terms of the legal standpoint, that could obviously change. Um, but having to answer to stockholders, and if their stock just falls off a cliff, yeah. If the or if uh, it puts in jeopardy any licensing deals. Mm-hmm. Any potential co- uh, contract negotiations mm-hmm. with broadcast partners, mm-hmm. anything like that? I don't know if the board has the votes to oust Vince. I don't even know. If, I honestly don't know if it's a really a possibility. I don't know how the votes are broken up on the board per se. But uh, I mean, this this is a pretty major scandal. If here. I'm not mistaken, he's got like. I don't know if he can. Can he even be ousted by the board? I thought he had like supreme voting power or something. That's like, entirely can't he possible. Shoot down everybody. I mean, that's entirely possible. I don't know um, for sure. I mean, this is that this is this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal, and we have no idea how it's going to play out. I would honestly think. Um, I mean, what it, it would you would honestly what's probably going to happen is that Laura Nias is going to uh, going to resign. He's going to be the scapegoat, and and then Vince is just going to push on as if nothing happened. So it says here, this is a, a what, 411 Mania 
that Vince holds like 80% of the voting power. Oh, well. So, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of power the board of directors, the board of directors has, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, it says as a, Brandon Thurston said, as of March, Vince McMahon controls about 80% of WWE voting power, despite owning just over one third of the company shares yeah, held yeah. by Vince, Linda, and Stephanie are mostly class B, which give each of their shares 10 times voting power over class A shares held by everybody else. Gotcha. So, I mean, take that for what you will. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, you would think you would think that you know the majority of their revenue um, ongoing would come from their digital rights deals, their TV deals with Fox and, and, and NBC Universal. You would think that they would have some amount of sway over this because advertisers would not be wanted to, wanted, would not want to be affiliated with Vince McMahon at this point. Yeah. Advertisers, big media conglomerates take this shit very seriously. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be the face of your company, which he is, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to want to if if they're going to want to keep, keep put their hands on this. I mean, dude, this literally was taking place during the speaking out stuff. I mean, this is that window right there. Um and so given that this is not something and by the way, this is far from being the only public incident with Vince yes. McMahon. You can go yes. back and Google David Bixen spin with Deadspin. Um, I it, think was it was like 2018. It was 2006. There was an allegation made at a, uh, by a tanning salon in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and, and Bixen spin had written up something, I think, yep. in 2018. Because yeah, yeah. it was another outlet had revisited this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was so much probable cause that the cops. Sorry, the cops had enough uh, probable cause to actually investigate this. But, you know, the things happen. He's super rich. And so he gets out of it. Um, none of this is shocking. No. What's shocking is reading. What is actually kind of shocking is that it's still happening. You know, like, God damn it, man. You're like a million years old. Um, I guess the desire to exercise your unlimited power Never, never runs out. Um, but, uh, but man, like after all that, these dudes are still out there doing what, which shouldn't be shocking. I'm sorry. It shouldn't be shocking, but it's like, damn, dude, like, I know it's just, no, I know. It's, it's interesting I know. I, to, to, to see the details and for something like this to actually see, I, I guess what the shocking thing is, is that there might be some accountability for once. That's kind of the shocking bit because yes. you know this stuff happens, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you would you would expect uh, for sure Laura Nias is going to it's probably going to be out of a job at some at some juncture. Oh, that that will almost definitely happen That's, sooner than later. You'd think so. Um uh, as for Vince, I don't know. Yeah, if he's got 80% of the of the voting power, it's going to be hard. He's going to have to be essentially forced if he's removed in any way, he's going to have to be forced to resign essentially. I don't know what mechanisms Fox or NBC Universal can employ beyond saying, I don't know if there's a clause in the contract that would say, hey, we get some. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't reckless know. speculation at this point. Yeah. But you would think there'd be somebody with all these rights. You know, it's not. <laughs> you would think that there there would be some mechanism in place whereby they'd be able to say, hey, we've got some sway over here because we're paying you a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, or I mean, or, 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 yeah, I don't know if there's a clause in the contract. Again, this is reckless speculation, but 
come two more years, a year and a half, when negotiations potentially open up, they can just be like, mm-mm. Well, you know, that's going to start sooner than later. I mean, you know, it's probably going to start, given that, you know, the deal is in 2024. I think Meltzer said they're probably going to start negotiating next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, at that point, if you're NBC Universal, is that's your that's your big leverage point. Yep. You know, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna put your programming on TV and and it, here's the thing. Also, it might completely derail any hopes they had thought of selling the company for yeah whatever price tag Vince McMahon wanted wanted to get. Yeah, yeah. And if yeah. he steps out of the way, maybe that would facilitate that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Either, we're just sort yeah. of going over options that, having covered this stuff, are seem like possibilities because that's mm. all you can do at this point. Yeah. Yeah, this, 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 again, not necessarily surprised to, to, to hear that this was happening. Um, but it's, it's, it's a shocker to see it actually. Yeah, it is, really is. Cause, you know, I was, I was sitting in my backyard drinking a, 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 a lemon sparkling water, just relaxing. And I go uh, scrolling through Twitter and sure enough, that pops up and, it, and it's like, wow, this report is real. But at the same time, it's like, okay, the content's not exactly shocking. The fact that it's, out there that it's out there yeah that's the big thing yeah because you never you think these guys are just going to get away with it in perpetuity you know and then they're they're like teflon no i I was we were on the way to the museum today and then i got a text mid-drive and i didn't open it because i was driving yeah that's right on right on top of that uh mikey omega sent me a text it was like oh honestly the first thing i thought did vince die (laughs) that was the first thing i thought and then I didn't get any other texts, and I was like, oh, Dope would be texting me. Other people would be texting me. Maddie yeah, yeah, would be texting yeah. me. Yeah. And then we got to the museum, and you would just – I think you had said something about Fabian Eichner or something. I don't know what it was about NXT. And then <laughs> later on, while I was looking at the Mars exhibit, <laughs> you texted oh, me yeah, that's a, that's about cool the Vince yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, the Mars exhibit's cool. Yeah, it is. Did you, did you do the, 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 the Mars walk? Uh, it, was, it was offline. <laughs> Steve's coming. Let's take it offline. Bummer. Yeah. It looked like fun. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, uh yeah, this is this is a massive deal and a massive uh potentially a massive, massive, massive scandal that WB has on their hands. Um uh and it's it I don't I don't know how this is gonna play out. Um and it's gonna be an ongoing thing and, and hopefully it seems and hopefully it continues that the board of directors is diligent in their investigation and gets to the bottom of it of everything and yeah. there's some accountability uh, to be had for Vince and, and, and John Laurinaitis. Yeah. It's so funny because, like, uh, amongst all the, the tweets, I think it was Brandon Thurston, who, by the way, is an excellent Twitter follower. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be mm-hmm. following him. The business of wrestling. Nobody mm-hmm. covers it better than him. Had mentioned something like in the <clears throat> in the shareholders' documents that are out there. It's noted that Vince McMahon is, you know, the guy who, who's he's, he's critical to the success of the company because he leads their creative team. And I was like, you know, Tony Khan just proved that a fan off the street. <laughs> well, I mean, granted, a billionaire, but yeah. still, yeah. in terms of being involved in the wrestling, because a fan off the street can come in. As long as you got Cody Rhodes next to you, you can book a really fun show. Once Cody's gone, my God, what's happening at AEW? We're going to talk about that here in a second, Larson. First up, let's pay some bills. What do you say? Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard 
just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's talk about AEW, the Forbidden Doors coming up. I made a crack before the ads about having Cody next to and everything falls apart when he's not there. I don't actually think that's the case. I still think AEW is quite entertaining. It is entertaining, but this 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 last couple months or month and a half, it's been a bit all over the place. You know, I think I thought earlier in the year they were in a good kind of creative role, um, leading up to Revolution. Yes, Mm. Um, I thought there's some good stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if kind of the politics of forbidden door, or maybe keeping them from doing things they might want to do. And so they kind of have to go halfway with some things, you know, like no disrespect to orange Cassidy. He's a fun wrestler. <laughs> really? I'm being honest. That's what an ominous beginning to a thought, <laughs> you know, and him versus Will Ospreay is gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, it's gonna be a fun match. It's gonna be a fun match. It just so many of the matches announced so far for Forbidden Door just don't seem to have the outcome in question per se. Mox is going to win. Osprey is going to beat Orange Cassidy. You know what I mean? Um, well, it, you know, honestly, dude, it's not even okay. So it's not even that the 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 outcomes are in doubt or not. It's because you know, I mean, dude, we talked about this. If Hangman were to face Still champion Okada, yeah, one on one. You know what's going to happen, yeah. CM Punk, but there's champion. a story there. There's an interesting I, story there to be told, and I'd, I'd buy in for that reason. Sure, no, absolutely. You're you're right. You're totally right. Um, so that's my point, though, is that it's not the outcome, but the stories. Orange Cassidy versus Yano seems like it right itself. You know, it doesn't need a build, but you put them in the ring together, and the possibilities, and then what they end up coming up with is kind of the story, you know? Yeah, That's yeah. the anticipation. I'm sure Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay will be a fun match. Yeah. I'd love to see Ospreay do comedy. He's not the first guy or even the on the first list of 10 guys I think of when I'm like, oh, Orange Cassidy, he's an innovator in comedy wrestling in the modern mm-hmm. age. Mm-hmm. Yano, the innovator of comedy wrestling yeah. in the modern age. Put them together, you know, or there's a number of other people like the entire House of Torture now. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Yeah, give us Rapongi Vice and Orange Cassidy against House of Torture. Yeah, exactly. That would be good stuff. So it is. It's. It's. I. I made this joke before because I. I semi believe it 
Tony Khan understands the importance of AEW. They are the thing. New Japan needs them more than AEW needs New Japan. AEW does not need New Japan. If, a, if New Japan wants to continue to, uh, to boost their, uh, their profile here in the United States, then they could absolutely use AEW. And I'm not saying AEW gets nothing out of it. They clearly do. But this is an AEW pay-per-view with some New Japan sprinkled in. There's a woman's, there, there's, there's a woman's title match. What is this? It's a, a, a Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Is that what mm-hmm. the match That's correct. was advertised? Yeah. yeah. That's on Forbidden Door. Not a, you know, a Bushiroad owns stardom. Not a stardom ex-AEW match. It's just an AEW match. Two AEW championships are being decided mm-hmm. at Forbidden Door mm-hmm. with one of the participants in a fatal four-way coming from New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know. I look. I'm looking forward to Forbidden Door. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I guess my point is, this doesn't quite seem to be the sort of Marvel versus DC mashup that was maybe on the minds of some fans. Me, I'm speaking for me. Maybe not all fans were looking for some Marvel versus DC stuff. Like well, so. I guess if they were expecting something like the Amalgam Universe, then then maybe uh, this will meet their expectations. Um, now let's talk, let's talk about this. So, of course, uh, last week, Hangman Page uh, issued a challenge to IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada, and Adam Cole was like, hey, maybe Jay White will be champion. Well, sure enough, Jay White is champion. And so Page comes out and pretty much says, yeah, dumbass me made a mistake. Uh, and he, he seemed like he was going to issue a new challenge to Jay White for that title. He's up by Adam Cole. Cole says, Okada's not even going to be at Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay White shows up, uh, says, I'm not facing you, Paige, and I'm not facing you either, Adam Cole. So who, who is Jay White going to face? I mean, I gave it a lot of thought, man. I looked at the roster. I'm thinking Darby Allen. That's my idea. <laughs> oh, no, that's you your idea. You stole that from me. <laughs> oh, man, you had mentioned this off screen. You had mentioned also, so just a little inside, we had to refilm some of this stuff because yes. I had stream issues. Um so I think as much as I think Darby Allen's a great idea, I think all the people that we saw on the screen tonight is going to be uh, fighting for the title. I think Hangman likely, yes. Page, he's not, he's not just going to get sort of uh, laid out by uh, by Switchblade, by the knife pervert, and uh, and then get up and be like, oh, man, I guess I am a dumbass. I thought he was going to be over here, and he was over here. I'm not going to fight for this title. And Adam Cole got snubbed by a guy who he was, you know, blowing all sorts of smoke up this de- guy's ass. Yeah, he thought he was they were good friends. My good friend, it's not. This isn't about AEW New Japan. It's about Bullet Club and uh, and the uh, the undisputed elite. Yeah, and we're all great. And then Jay White says, "Oh, I don't think so." Mm. Says, and yeah, then nope. And then Gosum. He acts like he's Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense. Spoiler alert: He walks past him, and Adam Cole's like, "What are you? What's going on right now?" And Jay White acts like he doesn't even exist. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. we've got one guy who's pissed off. Hangman Page. Another guy pissed off, Adam Cole. A three-way, really protected. We're talking about we're talking about backstage politics. A lot of people being protected in that particular match. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, there is uh, one other uh, Forbidden Door match put together in kind of the most convoluted fashion possible. So we have a, a we had a, a face-to-face with John Moxley, Hiroshi Tanahashi. It was going good. 
Chris Jericho showed up, took the roundabout path uh, to say, uh, I, I should be uh, in this title match, but I'm not. So instead, I'm uh, teaming up with Minoru Suzuki and Sammy Guevara, who joined the Jericho Appreciation Society tonight. Uh, in a trios match, take on Wheeler Yuta, Shooter. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Shooter. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, it was a roundabout way to get there. You know, I expected actually, honestly, a lot more kind of tag matches on, on this card. So the fact that we're getting as many one-on-one bouts as seemingly we're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah, I'm taking yeah. that positive from it. So, Larson, I, I hate to interrupt this uh, AEW Forbidden Door Yeah, no, I, I'm aware where this is going. And, and... Raj Geary uh, has uh, tweeted out, I'm hearing Sasha Banks has been released. They couldn't have waited until, like, I don't know, Friday? <laughs> what am I going to do with this thumbnail, Larson? It's going to be like, uh, yeah, it's going to be at least, what, three pictures? Yeah, oh, my God. He says, uh, I don't know if it's uh, her requested it or if it was on WWE's end. What well, is Mercedes boss doing in the... Yeah. What is boss Mercedes boss doing Mercedes. in the AEW zone? Yeah. What is happening right now, everybody? Yeah. New rumors. Wow. Left and right. What a big day for wrestling. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. Well, 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 we'll keep tabs on that, see if any new information... Uh, pops up here on on this Twitter machine. Uh, we can just get into our AEW recap because we still have to get through uh, the NXT recap too. Probably a good idea to uh, dive into this, man. Yeah, the uh, show kicks off with Chris Jericho versus Ortiz. Hair versus hair bout. This match was a ton of fun. Oh, this is a blast, yeah. It was yeah, a ton is, of fun. This is a blast, yeah. Um, as we sort of expected, I guess, uh, Ortiz... Lost this match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, this was a lot of fun, and it was uh, it was due to the help of another Fuego. Uh, Fuego three ends up being Sammy Guevara. How Say it soon? Right. Say it right. Sammy Guevara. Thank you. Fuego. How soon did you realize it was Sammy Guevara? Almost immediately, because I was like, "Why would Fuego be involved in this?" Fuego looks taller. Uh-huh. <laughs> why does Fuego look taller? It's like, why and would then, he be involved in this? And then Sammy has a very distinctive mouth. Yeah. I was waiting for the tongue to come out. I was like, is there a tongue here? Because that's how I know for sure. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of figured, I was like, is that Sammy? So, apparently, Sammy's back with Jericho. Now. Yeah, he's, he, well, he was he was introduced later. Both him and uh, Ty, uh, Conti, Ty yeah. Conti introduced as the newest member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um yeah, pretty much as soon as, as as Fuego was involved, I was like, I was looking at my monitor here. Is that Sammy? How, was that could that Sammy? be Sammy? That's probably Sammy. And Is then that when they were Sammy up on, when they were on the ramp and and Jericho put his arm around, I was like, oh, that's probably Sammy. Um, so like yeah, he Sammy he uh, so Hager tries to get in the ring. Eddie pulls him off. They start brawling. That distracts Aubrey Edwards, the ref, and then uh, Sammy, disguised as Gavor. Fuego, hits the ring, hits Ortiz yeah. with Floyd. Jericho covers him to get the win. Uh, after the bout, they have a barber there with a pair of clippers and scissors. And so he gets in the ring. Um, Sammy reveals himself, uh, or Fuego reveals himself to be Sammy. Uh, Ortiz takes the clippers and the scissors. Eddie gets the mic. And then Ortiz just starts cutting off chunks of his hair. Yeah. yeah. And then he starts taking the clippers to it as well. And Eddie says, uh, see here, Ortiz, the man of his word, but Jericho, 
this ain't done. And then Ortiz just keeps on screaming blood and guts. Blood and guts. Blood, blood and guts. guts. Blood and guts. Blood and guts. Yeah. I was really like deep down I was like, I know Jericho's not gonna lose this, but I kinda wanna see him with a bald head. But not gonna happen. Not gonna happen he's got, yet. He's got I was gonna say he's got great hair. Uh, anyways, uh, uh, one, one second. Had... Uh, so Sean Ross Sapp just tweeted in response to Raj's uh, uh, news here about okay. Sasha. He says, I spoke with Raj this afternoon and asked him about this. As of this evening, they said they hadn't heard that. And talent relations didn't seem to know. Not saying that didn't or isn't happening. But this is what I've heard so far when asked. Raj has good sources. Going to put a big old question mark on the thumbnail. Sasha Banks relate. Golly, what a freaking night. Um, so... The, the, the number one number one reason why I think Cody Rhodes is desperately needed at the go position, Larson, is because we had a Wardlow People's Court parody. This this is an absolute disaster. Look, it, it's it's entertaining enough. It's funny. He beat twenty security guards. He stacked a ton of them. Although half, half of them of the, were were stomach down. Didn't make any sense. But no, the ref but the counted. counted. So yeah. Um, look, this is silly. I'm all for silly. I just don't want boring. I've said that plenty of times. But here's the but thing: I feel like they had but something special. They did. With Wardlow. They did. The, all the momentum he had. You don't. You don't pivot the silly. <laughs> you don't. Good. Well, let's do Wardlow versus Orange Cassidy. How about that? But <laughs> you know, to, to a certain degree, I don't know. Like with all the MJF stuff happening, leading up to Double or Nothing, it kind of took some of the wind out of uh, Wardlow sales because sure. The, talk of that match wasn't on him beating yeah. MJF. It was on MJF. Yeah. Um, and, you know, short of him, like, going on Dynamite the next night winning a championship, mm-hmm. um, you know, it'd be really tough to get that momentum back. Mm-hmm. Not saying they should get a pass for choosing this instead of anything else, but they were at a bit of a – because I'm guessing this was planned before <laughs> the MJF match or, or before that weekend of stuff, you know what I mean? Oh, you think the lawsuit angle was planned prior I would to think like so. that was the next thing on the agenda? I would guess so. I mean, usually, like I, my my understanding is like stuff's kind of planned out to a degree. Yeah, I don't know. I would be kind of surprised if he said, "Let's keep this momentum going with the lawsuit angle." I don't know. Tony Khan's got a lot on his plate these days. <laughs> no, I'm saying in advance, like weeks before Double or Nothing, he's like, yeah. How do we keep this going? Well, I mean, he, like Lawsuits. just the last couple of months, you know, he's got he's got the soccer team, the the Jaguars. They had to get ready for the draft. You know, I know that was uh, like a month or so ago, but still, that's Plus. a lot of prep work. And then he's got this Forbidden Door show. He's got a book, and then Double or Nothing as well. And he and then yeah, there's just a lot. He's missing. He's missing his guy at the go position. He's missing you're Cody freaking Rhodes. Cody way too much credit, man. I'm on. I will be honest with you. I'm really not. <laughs> I am really not. You, you, if you honestly think that, because how many times do we see backstage Cody's right there with him? If you honestly think that dude wasn't in his ear all the time, well, I mean, the, the, when we saw Cody there with him backstage, it was on Cody's reality show. <laughs> so that was stuff to show Cody doing things. You know, man, I don't. Also, well, no, that time Malachi attacked him backstage. 
It's because he was in a feud with Cody. Of course Cody was going to be there. Okay, why wasn't he in catering then? Why would he specifically be right next to Tony Khan? That's where he is. Oh, it's where he's there when he's involved in a segment. Otherwise, he's in his locker room. What are you talking about? He's on the the, the Nightmare Dex Guns has it exactly right. Larson, the timing works out. We should do a thesis on this, or at least I should. This stuff started happening when Cody left. What stuff? The falling apart of AEW's creative. Well, let me ask you this. Back before Tony Khan like took full control of AEW creative, it was an absolute mess then, too, at times. Yeah, Cody wasn't as involved then. No, he was probably more involved. <laughs> All right, agree to disagree. Well, somebody's going to write a book. Anyways, Wardlow stacked 20 security guards, and, uh, and yeah. Uh, so- I mean, all the power bombs were fun. Yeah, no, the power bombs were fun. They were fine. But, yeah, but- this, is, this is silly considering the momentum he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jorge is it right? And Raw got better, and Cody got there. Cody at gorilla position at Raw confirmed. Listen, Vince McMahon being gone will be fine because Cody's there. (laughs) All right, let's move on here. So yeah, at the end of that, Wardlow puts Sterling in the ring. Lambert tells him from the press box, he says, "If you if you mess with one member of America Top Team, you mess with them all." And Matt Hughes and Tyrone Woodley are sitting ringside, and he says, "Hey." Get in the ring and take out the garbage. And Matt Hughes, who, by the way, was really good to see him. He looked mm-hmm. like he was having kind of a hard time. But in 2015, he uh, he got into a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Like, his car got sideswiped by a train. He had, like, these gnarly uh, brain injuries, apparently. Mm-hmm. And so he's been able to come back. So it was, just, it was nice to see him yeah, back. It was. You know, even he was having a little bit of well, problems. They were in hey, St. Louis. And happen? as Wardlow said yeah. here a little bit, he's from St. Louis. So it's, it's a good homecoming for, for Matt Hughes, too. Yeah, legend in the UFC, man. Matt Hughes. I remember that's back when me and Hilton used to be watching all the time. And yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so uh, so yeah, they get in the ring. Wardlow says, hey, you guys are from St. Louis, right? He says, as a fellow Midwesterner, I think you're smarter than to take orders from a rich asshole in a skybox. He says, we could fight, but something tells me we're cut from the same cloth. And then Woodley shoves Sterling towards Wardlow. He power bombs the shit out of him. Matt Hughes and Woodley, they're not having any of that. Nope. Any of that nope. guff. Nope. Uh, uh, after that, we had a hell of a bout between Dax Harwood and Will Ospreay. Holy crap. This was really good. Man, I know we're never going to get, like, we'll probably never get a Dax Harwood solo career, but my God. He's a hell of a dude, wrestler. His solo matches are crazy good. They really are. They are crazy they good. They really are. Uh yeah. In like the way they were just doling out German suplexes and all sorts. This is one of those matches I can go move by move and I could do it justice. Just go watch it. Because literally my notes here, I have Osprey hits a plancha. A bunch of crazy shit happens. Because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we get a Liger bomb from Osprey. He gets a two there. Os cutter, he gets a two. And then he hits a hidden blade to get the win. Then the rest of the United Empire hit the ring. Full faction. Although was TJP there? I didn't notice TJP. I did not notice. Or Akira. That. I did not notice. Okay, that. so not all United Empire. It was Aussie Open and Cobb and Ocon. They were there. So they hit the ring and start beating up on uh, uh, Dax, uh, Cash, Wheeler, Rapongi Vice. They come out to try to make the save. Rapongi Vice. Huge brawl breaks out. Eventually, uh, Orange Cassidy ambulates mm-hmm. down to the ring. He gets an Osprey's face, but at this point, the ring's more or less cleared out. Oh, no Hinara either. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, Osprey gets in Orange Cassidy's face, and then FTR and Rapongi Vice, they step up to get Orange's back, and Will's like, all right, we'll see you later. 
Yeah. Backslide. It was it was a really well executed segment. Orange Cassidy's return was was a big deal. They played it up as a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean look, it's going to it's going to be a fun match, don't get me wrong. Um it is. Absolutely. That, absolutely. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to throw shade at, at Orange Cassidy. He's he's a really talented dude. Yeah, no, he is. He's he's terrific. I, his your intro for him was amazing though. Uh, John Moxley and Tanahashi had a video package followed by their was really good. Anticipated. Got Kevin Kelly in there. It was awesome. That was really good stuff. Uh, we had a face to face with uh, Tanahashi and Moxley afterwards. So they have a stare down on the ring. Crowd starts chanting, "Holy shit!" Ace starts egging him on a little bit. Uh, Mox gets on the mic. Says, "Yeah, I've been chasing you for a long, long time, and now finally here you are." I chased you across Japan, across the Pacific, and New Japan strong. Wrestling Kenton in an empty warehouse since day one. Working with New Japan, it's all been about Tanahashi. There's only one man they call Ace, and that's you. But not for long. Tanahashi uh, deserves, you deserve your respect. You're an inspiration. They call you Ace, but not for long. Mox says, I'm the best pro wrestler on this planet. Daniel Bryanson is. Brand, Brian Danielson is. <laughs> Daniel Bryanson. He says a lot of people are pretending. He says, I live it every night. He says there's a hell of a lot more on the line than the AEW title. Everything's on the line for, for me and Tanahashi. He says everything's on the line because I play for keeps. When the dust settles at Forbidden Door, Tanahashi's going to call Mox Ace. Ooh. And then Tanahashi Ooh. takes the mic. And he's, but he's interrupted by Chris Jericho on the Jericho yeah. Appreciation Site. Yeah, then Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. And Ty Sammy Conti. Guevara. Uh, Jericho says, Mox, the only reason you're standing in that ring right now is because I wasn't on Dynamite last week. That's my spot. He tells Mox, just walk away or I'm going to stab you in the eye again. And he says, Tanahashi, last time I saw you was when I beat you at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Tanahashi tells Jericho to shut up. Uh, instead, Jericho tells the Jericho Appreciation Society to get him. So you got uh, Garcia and 2.0 running out of the tunnel. And then Lance Archer and El Desperado attacking Mox and Tanahashi from behind. Jericho uh, makes his way to the ring, introduces Sammy and Ty as news members of, of JAS. And it says also Lance Archer and El Desperado. They're on loan from Suzuki Goon, who, by virtue of Tony Khan, I'll be teaming with. So you're going to have Suzuki, Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Taking on Wheeler Yuta, Shooter. Shooter Amino, yeah. And then uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie, Ortiz, Santana running the ring. Uh, eventually the faces clear the ring out and get another face off between Tanahashi and Mox. Suzuki's totally turning on Jericho at this match. Totally. Uh. Yeah, totally. May, yeah, maybe. I don't know what. I mean, what would that? What? I'm just curious. You say that. What purpose would that serve? I mean, just because, Suzuki's really popular. Is that because he's just the face and? Well, I mean, just guy? because, uh, like, uh, philosophically, they seem very diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, like Suzuki seemingly would have more in common with Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. You know, given yeah, his, no, I, his I fight background, that. I think he'll get tired of Jericho's crap. Yeah, Gotch pile driver. Probably going to be a lot of antics here, huh? Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, I mean, you think that's going to cost them a match, or is it going to be like a post-match thing? Because, like, Kings, probably look, a Kings, thing. Kingston's crew, they're winning blood and guts, which yes, probably means Jericho's crew is going to win here because Kingston's Entirely crew possible. is way underpowered. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Shooter's probably taking that pin. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, we'll see. There's, I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff with Suzuki and Jericho, and that could totally... That could totally be a swerve as well, mm-hmm. or a turn, rather. Um, after that, we had a, a nice little Darby Allen uh, Redragon video package. Uh, Darby has a match against one Bob Fish 
on the upcoming Rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a Tony Storm interview. Man, I tell you what, this is a really good uh, promo here from Tony I know. Storm. We saw that, we we saw this this part of Tony a little bit when she was a heel in NXT. Oh man, it was uh, it was so rare mm-hmm. that we would see this side of her. So anyway, she says, "Britt, you know, you're a dentist. That means you study." She says, "You're a smart woman." She said, "I dropped out of school at 15." And uh, she says, I'm, I'm smart to not play the games that Britt does. She says, I have the skill set to be champion, and I'm going to take the women's division where it should be. She says, we've seen the DMD, but what you need, we need to see Tony Storm world champion. It's pretty short, but it's like, man, we did not see much of this at all in no, WWE. No, not much at all. Uh, then we had Ethan Page versus Miro. Uh, Ethan Page tried to make Miro pray to him, Bad quite move. literally. Bad move. And then Miro beat the shit out of him. Um, Miro wins. Uh, he, he doles out a bunch of offense. Mashka kick, game over. Locks it on, stretches him. Page taps basically immediately. Uh, we even got the satisfaction of seeing Miro punch Dan Lambert off the apron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody yeah, loves that. Miro. Crowd loves Miro. They're going to pop huge when he wins that title. And he's never dropping it. He should um, Ever. Yeah. Page is going to – I love – that was a good bit where Page put Miro's hands – clasped them together to like you yeah. said literally make him pray to him and that was a bad bad and the mirror says oh you want me to pray to you huh? he, he laughed i know he laughed all this great. and he was like oh man he's like that's all i needed uh yeah after that we had a matt seidel dante martin video package dante says you know i got a match against mox on rampage that poor guy he says i'm tired of everyone talking about my potential he says when stars like mox go down stars like me take a spot not friday Mm-mm. Dante no. Martin's so much fun, though. He is. He's tons of fun. He's going to be a huge star. He's going to be a huge star. He is. Yeah. Uh, then we got Britt versus Tony Storm. Uh, it's the fun bout. Uh, at one point, Rebels distracting the ref, and that allows Jamie Hayter to pull Tony Storm out of the ring. And then Thunder Rosa runs down, and her and Jamie kind of brawl, and they take it backstage. Uh, Britt's dominating throughout the commercial break. Eventually, Tony hits a pair of Tornado DDTs coming out of commercial. Uh, hits a German suplex. Uh, sorry, let me backtrack. She hits the second tornado DDT, puts Britt back in the ring, and so Britt kind of goes over towards Rebel to ask for the glove, and then Tony hits her with a German suplex, and then a really stiff-looking hip attack. And Brett Ooh. had me fooled that she got her bell rung. I was sold, man. She worked me like a fool mm-hmm. because that they they had the close-up on the hip attack, and her head snapped back. That was violent, and then they to- she totally did. Yep. The dead weight thing where, like, you know, she, Tony wanted to grab her and then and Britt, you know, sort of grabs her hand back and says, like she's not ready to go. The there are certain things that yeah. just look like they're real. Yeah. And Britt did a hell of a job. I was so happy when she went for that roll up and had a big old smile on her face and she was crisp all of a sudden because this was man. She she worked it pretty good. She really did. She really did. Uh, so she tries to roll up Tony. Out of that, gets a two, hits a spinning neck breaker, gets a two count. She puts the glove on. She's calling for lockjaw. Tony escapes that German suplex. And, like, that Storm Zero, that pile driver that Tony does is so quick. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. She hits that, no, gets is. the win. And then Thunder Rosa walks out to the stage, holds up the title, points to Tony, challenging her to a championship match, which was confirmed for Forbidden Door. And that's going to be Forbidden awesome. Door. It's going to be really be a good really match. good match. Yep. Uh, after that, we had a Stokely Hathaway interview. 
He says, breaking news. Jade's going to have an open challenge, and I'll be making com my commentary debut, so I'll be getting two paychecks on that particular day. And then Willow Nightingale walks up. I marked out when I saw her because she's terrific. She is great. Uh, Stokely says, oh, man, I love your look. Do you want to be a baddie? And she's like, what? No. She's like, you don't remember us? We go back a long ways. We've had we've had plenty of encounters. She's like, that's fine. I know you've been too busy chasing other people's success, cheering for other people, riding their coattails. She says, but I'd like to answer the open challenge. And he says, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, Wilma. <laughs> and he walks off. Yeah. Yeah, Stokely's great. He is. He is awesome. Uh, then we have uh, Hangman Page coming out for a promo. And we kind of went over this a bit. It says, uh, with Forbidden Door just around the corner, I called my shot and won the match against Okada. And I just didn't want the match against Okada. I wanted a challenge for his title. Well, he says, as a self-professed dumbass at times, I didn't take into account that he wouldn't be champion. And he lost the belt over the weekend. He says, but the sentiment has not changed and the challenge still stands. He's entered by Adam Cole. He congratulates his good friend, Jay White, on winning IWG, J, uh, IWGP title. Heavy, world heavyweight title. Sorry. He says, but it's not going to be you, Paige, competing for the title. It's going to be me. Forbidden Door isn't about AEW or New Japan. It's about Undisputed Elite. And it's about the Bullet Club. And what better way to show that than to have Cole versus Jay White? And that's when he said, Okada's well, not even going to be a Forbidden Door. But I brought someone here that wants to say hello. So you get the Switchblade music. Jay White attacks Paige from behind with the Blade Runner, picks up the mic, says, I'm the catalyst of pro wrestling. I'm the IWGP heavyweight world champion. And what makes you think, Paige, that you call the shots? You couldn't even beat CM Punk. You lost your title. And by the way, our singles record, 2-0, advantage switchblade. So I'm going to put this title on the line. It's not going to be against you. And it's not going to be against you either, Adam Cole. And Adam Cole's like, switchblade, why? Why switchblade? Why? Why? Switchblade, why? It was great. He says, I hold the prize. I hold the power. This title means the world breathes with the switchblade because it's still my era. He gets out of the ring. He walks right up next to Adam Cole and does not Man. make eye contact once, hold up that title, and then walks on past. It's as if he didn't exist. It yep. was pretty great. It was great. Yeah. Uh, then we had our main event, the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. Woo! Of course, it's supposed to be a, uh, a triple threat. Fightful had actually uh, reported that the Hardys were supposed to be next in line for to not win the, the, no. the tag titles. Not but now I wonder now if the Bucks winning – We'll get jump to that. Young Bucks winning the belts here. If that's just going to set up a rubber match between them and FTR, and FTR can get the belts off them. Uh, it could be. Uh, this was a wildly fun match, it though. Was. Um, everybody, there were some crazy table spots. I was clutching my pearls at the end because uh, there was that spot where, like, all the table spots had already happened. There was, like, one last table spot. It ended up being Matt Jackson doing the elbow drop through, uh, like, Luchasaurus, I think, mm -hmm. on the outside. But that really tall ladder was still on the inside. I was like, "Don't, please don't go up there and do that." And they didn't, and I was happy. <laughs> I, I was worried about Jungle Boy when he took his that 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 the uh, fall through the table because that thing yeah. just oh, it just it just collapsed in on yeah. him like it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. And I was worried Evid he actually. Yeah. I, mean, I know he kind of held his head so he didn't bounce off the mat, but it looked like you know you can only do so much. Evidently, uh, that did end up maybe being an issue for him. But later on, after the match, uh, of course, the Young Bucks ended up getting the win here, and they are the new AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, again, this is the kind of thing where there's just, just a go bunch of really it. awesome spots. Just go watch it. It was Go watch it. Yeah. There was, this, um, there was this great sequence where Nick was just going out and doling out all sorts of offense. 
and it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. Um, so after the match, uh, the the young bucks leave, and Christian comes down, and uh, Doc Samson's in the ring. He helps up Jungle Boy. Christian gets in the ring. He helps him as well. Doc Samson's the first to to get out of the ring, and he's about to help you know them get Jungle Boy through the ropes. Well, Christian grabs Jungle Boy. Boom, unprettier, and then kill brings switch. in call, some kill chairs. Switch. Calls, kills yeah, it's, it's imprint. I know. I'm aware. I'm aware. It's well, as, as Christian is new number one fan, you should, I would think you call it by the, the I correct name. I would really appreciate you not bestow that title on me. And that's what you said. I'm just going. I'm, just, like I'm I, using your own words. So, anyways, continue. Carry on. It was never my words. You can't. Don't get the last word here. Christian Carry gets on, the Steve. chairs. Oh my god. <laughs> Christian gets the chairs, and uh, he comes in and he gives him a concerto. And I yeah. was like, that was a particularly brutal-looking concerto, but most concertos are. Yeah. Well, then Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out some pictures of uh, Jungle Boy being stretchered out, and he was like, uh, had some blood on his head, apparently. And uh, Tony Khan came down to check up on him. So uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just going to reference that next week, and th- there'll be cameras on it. Maybe it's it's a work. You, I hope that's the case. Yeah, yeah, I hope that's the case, too. And, and you can definitely see how that would play into the story if the stretcher and Tony Khan coming out was all part of an angle they'd set up regardless, you know? Mm-hmm. I hope, I really hope that's the case. Concertos are terrifying, but as you've noted before, if done properly, you know, it's just the banging of the, you know, the the the, the banging of the chairs that you have to worry about as opposed to chair to head, you know, because yeah, yeah, you just hit yeah. it on the other chair. Yeah, usually if, if they, when it's done right, there's, you know, at least a good couple inches between head and chair. Mm-hmm. Top yeah, chair, right. obviously. Bottom chair right. is right against, or bottom head, bottom chair is right against head, so. Right. Yeah. Anyways, you, you want to talk about NXT now? Uh, yeah, let's talk about NXT. Let's see if we can speed run this one. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought there was... Okay, so here's the thing about NXT. NXT is one of my favorite things to review because I personally feel like it's one of our better shows during the week when mm-hmm. we did it as a single show, but even tonight, I guarantee, it's going to be the same thing. There's always a mix of, hey, this is pretty good, and what the fuck are they doing? Because I was cracking up from so much unintentional humor on this week's NXT. And there was some legitimately good stuff. But Fabian Eichner, what's his name now? Uh, Giovanni uh, Vinci. Giovanni Vinci. That entrance. What was that entrance? That was horrible and hilarious at the same time. It was was so so bad. bad. It was so bad. So bad. It was awful. Oh, so he comes out, you know, he's Giovanni Vinci now fashionista, whatever. So he comes out and they do kind of like, I don't know, like I remember they used to do that with uh, the Morrison and, and, and the other guy and Mercury when they were Eminem and they would have the paparazzi. Right. Well, this there's no paparazzi. There's just the cameraman and they go and it would st- it still frames on him. And then it says Vini. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, uh, Vidi, he and does Vinci, it again. Yeah. He points at the camera. So bad. Vinci. It was awful. <laughs> and it he's was... smiling, and I'm like, it doesn't even. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I didn't know this was formerly known as Fabian Eichner, and I just saw this guy come out, it'd probably take me a while to realize it's Fabian Eichner. His face looks different. Like, he's got a, a weird, because I, did, did he always, he didn't have a beard before, right? Uh, well, the difference is, is he's smiling now. He never <laughs> smiled before. He's smiling. He seems like more orange, I think. 
Oh, maybe, maybe he. Yeah, that could. He's be. like, he's like glistening a bit. I mean, more. I'll give him credit. He's got a great smile. They've like manscaped him up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It like, if he had a beard, maybe they've just like made it really like you know. Maybe he just night. legit smiled in in the PC and like, wow, Fabian, you got it. You got a great smile. Let's use that. <laughs> Dang, MQ says his face looks different because he's Fabian's <laughs> younger brother. <laughs> Oh man, oh dude, it's 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 so bad. He look, he's still a terrific wrestler. Oh yeah, and I, I'll be honest with you, I still feel like he's in a better spot now than had he gone to SmackDown. That remains to be seen, Steve. I think the the jury's still out on that one. Well, in terms of in in terms of the possibilities, now will they steer him down the correct path? Probably not, but. But breaking out as a henchman is like impossible to do. Being featured in your own spot and steering yourself towards a positive path, being another Cesaro perhaps, because he's got vibes. I think that's a possibility. I think well, yeah, like I said, it remains to be seen. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, This, this gimmick is not good. It's not good at all. No, but it's pretty damn funny, and I'm going to write it as long as I can. So the dyad, uh, the, grizz- the grizzled the- young dyad. Yeah, grizzled baby. young druids, yes. Yeah. Yes. And man, I asked you last week, how are they are these is it possible? I said I said this. Is it possible they're gonna wrestle with their hoods on and not be unveiled? The answer is yes. The answer was yes. They actually did it. How underwhelming is it gonna be? It's gonna be so weird when it when they do reveal themselves to be grizzled. I know. I know. Because like the taller of the two. Yeah, he moves like Zach Gibson. The shorter <laughs> of the two, he's he punches with his left hand like James Drake. You, you know, know the you know the hilarious thing too is that the way they move, Gibson hates this, and Drake is totally fine with it. Drake was so crisp, he was like moving like he usually does. Gibson was literally stumbling around. Well, yeah, I think it's it's, it's maybe a situation where uh, James Drake. Uh, 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 saw the challenge and says, "Oh, I'm gonna do this." And Gibson, yeah, this is bollocks. I was supposed to be the next Butch, and instead he's a druid who, yeah. who can't show his face. Nope. Is this true? Fightful has Fightful confirmed Sasha Banks did he, has been that, released. Did he say it on on his uh, on the dy- on the Fightful Dynamite? Uh, uh, somebody here in chat. Yeah, said I saw it. it too because he didn't he didn't tweet about it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think he's live right now. Somebody go over there and get that info for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So anyway, let's just dive into it because it's NXT. Nothing ever happens. Oh. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Apollo Cruz again. Oh wow. I think, dude. I and I honestly think we text each other most during NXT. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We text so each other a lot during shit. Raw because it's so long. The Judgment Day is totally worse this week. I'm not there yet. Yeah. And then Twenty minutes later. Oh my God. You're right. Oh yeah. Anyway, so it kicked off while you check that. It kicked off with the Creed Brothers versus Aegis No Fame Malik Blade. As promised last week, they get a title shot. Fun, fun match. I love a No Fame Blade, and I'm really warming up to the Creeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brutus gets the sliding clothesline win here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then they all, they all celebrate together in the ring. They're all, they're all really good. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have uh, Cora. And Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez chatting. Indy's there as well. Says, oh, I wish I had a best friend and a love like you have. Here's some advice from a wily veteran. 
be careful. You never know what's going to happen next. And then Cora's like, dude, you're 25. You're not exactly a wily vet. Uh, and he says, yeah, you know, I want a tag title before you could even drink. And Roxanne could drive. And Roxanne says, you know, you're not the third wheel, man. Says, uh, we need the Indy who was a wrecking ball last week. Cora says, we believe in you. We're going to take down Toxic Attraction. Yep. Uh, then we got the Apollo Cruise video package. So, so he's writing in a journal, it looked like, about time. And then think both about time and how you can't control time and how you want to go back to NXT. Well, then during this video package, he seemingly could see into the future. This looked like an awesome pilot for a USA show. As shot by someone who picked up the camera for the first time. <laughs> You're right. Production-wise, this was dog shit in every conceivable way. They were breaking the 180-degree rule oh. left and right with this thing. It was From a hilarious. production standpoint, it was awful. So, yeah, he's in a cafe. And he's writing his little journal. Like you said, he's writing about how, you know, uh, time is the essence and or time is the fire in which we burn or whatever the phrase is from Star Trek. And uh, and he notices this fella over uh, in the cafe and he's yelling a waitress, giving her the business. Oh, he's being a real jerk, being a real so and so. So Apollo gets up. Starts to peacock, walks over there <laughs> and he's like, hey, brother, we got a problem over here. And uh, and then he's like, uh, what was the guy saying? And the root customer one says, uh, more or less, mind your own business. You want, yeah. yeah. And is that? And then Apollo, does he throttle him in this version of the of events? Yeah, there's two in both timelines. Versions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, so he, he rams his head at the table, and then they whoosh, transition is back to before yeah. any of that happened. It was like Apollo saw the future, right? And then yeah, and then and then he gets up again to confront him, and then I think it cuts. And it's like, what is this shit? He can see three moves ahead. Is that the idea? Well, he should or never lose he at this point. Right? Or is he like literal time travel guy? Which, again, never given lose. this newfound ability, he should never lose. Never lose. Never lose. Uh, after that, we had a really fun match. At least I thought so. Tiffany Stratton, Fallon Henley. Oh, man. They both brought it, yeah. Heck, yeah. It was a heck of a, a heck of about uh, during uh, Stratton's entrance. You see Wendy Chu bouncing on a, a giant like ball type thing in the background that came into play later. Uh-huh. Uh, Stratton hits a Samoa drop, kips up, and then uh, Wendy then bounces to ringside, throws confetti at Tiffany Stratton. Henley uh, rolls her up to get the win, but the intensity, the urgency was there in this match. And I thought yeah, it was man. great. It was a lot yeah, of fun. They they actually have a lot of chemistry for mm -hmm. both being relatively new to NXT. Yeah, I agree. Uh, after that, we have a mess. Cameron Grimes walking backstage. My God, Cameron Grimes, what do they do to you? Uh, so you know, I, I will say I prefer this this iteration of Cameron Grimes to the one before because at least there's there's depth going on there. There's something keeping going it real, on Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I like that. I like when he brought up his dad when talking yeah. to Braun. Okay. Okay. And then he was, he was, I know, I mean, uh, it was rude that he went and lectured uh, Idris and Ofe about taking nah, it seriously. He was speaking truth. He was but speaking yeah, truth. Yeah. He was speaking truth. All right. All right. And if it gets, if it gets Idris and Ofe a one on one match with Cameron Grimes and he can have a really good showing, I'm all for that because Idris and Ofe is awesome. He is great. Uh, so some rookies tell Cameron Grimes, hey, man, you had a hell of a match at In Your House. And he's like, oh, man, I'm not looking for sympathy. And then Braun steps up, says, hey, I know how it feels to lose the title. You're going to be champ again. And Grimes says, man, you must not heard me. I'm not looking for sympathy. Then he walks away and then friggin' Duke Hudson steps up. 
next day. He says, not a good idea to put ideas in the head of Grimes. Uh, he says, I want to remind you that the record book still shows that I've got a win over you, Braun. And Braun's like, when are you gonna hang? how long are you going to hang your hat on that DQ win? And he's like, as long as I need to, a win is a win. And he says, fine, let's have a rematch tonight. And so you're not complaining about stakes. I'm going to put my title on the line, butt sucker. And then uh, Duke's like, I like the sound of that. And so they're going to have a match tonight. Yeah. They, yeah, and they did have a match tonight. I mean, technically it was a match. It wasn't very long. Uh, then we got a Lash Legend video package. She's talking about how she's done with Alba Fire, and then she starts to talk about her athletic background. Um, track and field star uh, in high school, also in high school, broke every basketball record. Uh, she went on to a lot of success in college and then drafted to the WNBA, I believe, by the Seattle Storm. And then mm-hmm. when she said when pandemic happened and, of course, Sports shut down. She says, "All right, I'm gonna go to WWE." You know, she. I, I feel like there's a bit too much acting going on. Like she's trying to be a character as opposed to being a version of herself turned up a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that she'll be serviced a bit better. She will be a bit more. I don't know if she just came off as a bit more genuine. Oh yeah. Maybe that comes with reps, but I feel like maybe she needs a little bit of direction in that respect. Well, I mean, you can kind of contrast her video package with Nathan Frazier's where he just oh comes God, across yeah. as like a super affable guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if, if they were going to go a heel route with him, like an arrogant heel route, it wouldn't be that much of a difference, Mm-mm. you know? And Mm-mm. I feel like you're right about that Lash legend. I think that she should just sort of be herself turned up and then kind of a dick, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, after that, we had oh, Wesley versus running it straight. Zion Quinn. Zion dem- dominated this early, but uh, he didn't run it straight. And then that the way the the camera angle on the on uh, Wesley's flipping kick, I had to watch that a couple times because oh, it was great. Zion Quinn sold the shit out of it, and it looked. I was like, God, did he really get? <laughs> He really got it there because that came out of nowhere. I mean, that's that's the implication. Chill Songa made later on is that he got kicked in the head legitimately. Yeah, and then uh, and then can't Wes, wait to uh, talk about Chill Songa. Oh, dude, he's great. So and then Wesley followed the corkscrew splash, uh, got the win here. Yeah, uh, and then after that we had a Joe Gacy promo, and I'm like, oh man, are they going to reveal their their dumb faces right now? No. Uh, and then we had this really awesome Nathan Frazier video package where that he talked really about his past coming up. Obviously, uh, you know he wanted to be. I love, I'm sad that they made him use the word soccer instead of football. Uh, but, you know, he wanted to play soccer when he was a kid. He was really good at soccer as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was from like the age of 10 or something. He was really into WWE. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I decided pretty early on. He was like, you know, I had trials with professional teams, and I feel like I could have made it a Premier League. Yeah, he said, yeah, he said I could have made it a Premier League, yeah. But my heart was in the ring. And so uh, that's where he ended up. And, uh, yeah, he comes off. he comes off as great, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we had the Dyad, Grizzled Young Druids, uh, taking on Dante Chen and Javier Bernal. Uh, the They got the win. The uh, the Dyad did with an assisted DDT. Then we had a Gacy promo. <laughs> it's just the same nonsense he spews all the time. It, none of it means anything. It doesn't mean anything. So I'm not yeah. going to go through it. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Chill Sanga. So he's there couple ladies he's got a couple ladies they're sitting on the couch they're just talking chill Chatting away yeah zion Super quinn chill. walks by and then sanga says hey you're not running it straight anymore 
He doesn't look like you're walking straight. Because he got kicked in the head. And, he got and, kicked in the and Zion's like, what, you think you're funny? Let's see how tough you are. And then Sangha stands up, and he's huge, he's like a you know. a foot taller than him. Yeah, yeah. he's massive. And, and Zion just says, I don't need this. And, and so he Sangha leaves. Says, Ladies, I think I found my next opponent. Oh, Chill Sangha's the best. Chill Sangha's the best, dude, I'm telling you. Uh, after that, we had a Nikita Lyons video package talking about the uh, – Congressional hearings going on. No, that's not what she was talking about. She was talking about recovering from. She was talking about recovering from the, her knee injury. Whatever. whatever. Yeah, the injury. Whatever. Yeah. Apparently, she's going to be back soon. Uh, then we got uh, Stacks and Two Dimes getting their promotion. They're not associates anymore. They're soldiers of the family. So they had a whole presentation um, uh, where where like uh, Tony gave him some gifts, some watches, some money. Uh, go get something nice to eat. Go take your wife, girlfriend out to a nice meal. Um, and then he t- starts directing, he starts lecturing essentially Santos about the code they live by. Mm-hmm. Uh, code of silence, oath of loyalty, so on and so forth. Uh, he goes and he shakes Wilde's uh, hand and Joaquin Wilde's like, all right, fine. He shakes uh, uh, Cruz del Toro's hand, fine. And he gets to Santos. Santos takes, Santos is playing this whole thing really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so oh, Santos dude. Yeah. Takes off his sunglasses and then kind of begrudgingly shakes his hand, and then Tony uh, says, uh, I, I, "Now's the time for me. I'm not just. I, I'm not content to just be the Don of NXT. I want to be a championship and talk about uh, a championship." And this brings out Carmelo and Trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Melo says, "I heard you talking about uh, uh, a the a champ." Um, and then Tony says to him, you know, you've been warned, stay out of my business or else. Uh, but now that you've interrupted me, now you and your title are my business. Um, and Trick says, Mello doesn't take kindly to threats. So before uh, you come to us, the A-Champ will come and get you. And Tony says, I wasn't talking to you. As great as Mello thinks he is, he's not the Don of NXT. Mello doesn't call the shots around here. I do. But next week, North American title match. Uh, and then Stack says, well, if Mello and Trick want to fight tonight, how about myself two dimes soften him up mm-hmm. Tony thinks that's a great idea Melo says you're right I don't call the shots I just make the shots and stack and two dimes to look like a, uh, easy layups Oof. and the trick says I don't care what your name is three quarters five nickels <laughs> Melo and I got to strap on the boots and make the ring talk and make spare change out of all of you oh that was great yeah the trick is awesome I trick like trick great. Carmelo they're great uh, after that we had a toxic attraction promo it's fairly standard stuff. They just talk shit about the three they're going to face later on in the night. Uh, then we had Duke Hudson versus Braun Breaker. This was fast. Yes. This was like a couple minutes. We're going to spend more time talking about uh, Duke's new theme, which sounded the, the vocalist sounded a lot like Savage Garden to my mind. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, 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 a low-tempo, sort of dreamy song. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, very melodic. Is- yeah, yeah, I'm like, what am I listening to right now? Yeah, but Duke seemed to be rocking out to it. He seemed to be happy with it. Didn't help in his match because he got killed pretty much immediately. Yeah, the squash Cameron match. Grimes comes to the mat, to the ramp. Tells Braun he wants to finish their conversation that we started earlier. He says, ever since you've come to NXT, you've taken it by storm. We haven't really had a chance to talk yet. He says, to be honest, where I'm at in this business, I don't care. I'm going to come to the ring and say what's on my mind. He says, all the fans know if Braun didn't have his last name, you wouldn't have the title. He says, I respect you. I'm not saying you ate off a silver platter, but you ate better than I did. He says, that's what happens in this business. Braun's dad was a legend. 
He even has a Hall of Fame ring. He says, but that's your problem. Everybody who knows Bronze, everybody knows who Bronze Dad is, but nobody knew uh, whose mine was. And he says, every you got everything because of your dad. And he says, but I didn't. And he says his dad had to look down at his boy winning a title. He says your dad was right there when you won your title. My dad had to look down uh, on me when I won mine because his dad was dead. Uh, and he says you're built like a truck. He says the worst part is every time you step in the ring is that you get better. He says, but uh, you don't have my heart. He said, I take a man with a with my heart any day over the week over you. And he challenges Braun to a title match, Great American Bash, and Braun accepts. Yep. Uh, then we're backstage. Ariana Grace is on the phone. Ivy Nile walks up to her, and and, and at first Ariana's like, oh gosh, I'm gonna get an earful from Ivy Nile, and Ivy Nile's like, no, you know what? Forget about the win loss records. I see. You're out there, and I see the work you're putting in, keeping up, being really encouraging. Mm-hmm. And then Roderick, so Ariana Grace leaves. Roderick Strong steps in, and he says, you've been burying her for the last four months. And then Ivy says, well, she's really changed my mind on things. And Roddy says, sounds like you're making excuses for her. What do you always say? No excuses, no matter the circumstances, diamond mind overcome. So then the creeds walk in. And Roddy's like, what was with that handshake at the end of your match? What was that all about? <laughs> Put the nail in the coffin and you move on. And Brutus you know, says, you know, after our first title offense out there, we realized you were right, Roddy. Uh, yeah, I like this bit because Julia says, yeah, Brutus is a visual learner. Like, you just can't tell him. He's got to see yeah. it. Yeah, he's got to see it. Um, so we went ahead and we got you and Damon a match. And Roddy's like, no, my ankle is hurt. It's just 63%. <laughs> And Ivy says, hey, Roddy, you just said no excuses. I like that people in chat are correcting us on uh, on it being uh, Ariana Grace, not Tatum Paxley, but like they're kind of. <laughs> Sorry, it makes more sense, though. <laughs> they're, they're kind of interchangeable at this point in their careers. But I know Tatum Paxley, she has the, the history with Ivy Nile. Yeah, that makes more sense. I was like, I don't remember. Is that a level up thing? I don't remember the enforcer talking about that. <laughs> I was really confused, but that makes more sense. Thanks for correcting me. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, after that, like, we had it a shows how much I pay attention to the intricacies of NXT stories. Well, okay, dude. I mean, it's sort of what I was talking about. Level Up had like five people that all looked the exact same. You have the, the horse girl, the calculator girl, you know? And it's like, oh, they're kind of interchangeable a little bit. One day, we'll, you know, once their personalities come out a little bit more, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Robert Stone brand interview afterwards with Von Wagner just sitting there chewing on his tongue. Uh, Robert Stone called uh, Jensen a liar, a cheater. He says that's the only way Briggs can, uh, could beat Von Wagner. Sophia tells Mackenzie that'll never happen again because next week it'll be one-on-one. Vaughn will show his dominance. God, I hope they bury him again. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they have him lose again. I would give anything for that. With quickness, too. Real quick loss, please. Uh, then we got uh, Giovanni Vinci making his debut against Guru Raj. Really short bout. Uh, uh, Fabian Eichner wins with the, with the spirit bomb. <laughs> Vinci. Giovanni Vinci. Oh. It's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, after that, we had a Solus Co. interview. He says, uh, feels good to call my shots, but I'm not done yet. I want the North American Championship. He's interrupted by Grayson. Voila. He says, uh, Solo's got next. He says, uh, what you, he says, you got next, but what you got was a surprise partner from Raw whose coattails you rode to victory. So it says, uh, you rode a Cruz powerbomb into the ground. Waller says, yeah, it was Cruz who pinned me. Not you. He carried you in that match. He says, but then you're there. There you go. Taking all the glory. And then Solo says, all right, fine. How about you and me in a match next week? And Wallace's like, oh, no. Oi. 
then we had a no fan blade backstage. They're ready to go party. I thought this, this segment was actually pretty good. No, I did too. But they're about to go party. They want to have some fun. Uh, I like it. Idris was like, yeah, I'll get changed in the car. I'm like, you didn't get changed. You just go in there shirtless, man. Are you kidding me? If I look like that, oh, my God. Never wear a shirt. And never wear a shirt. Uh, so Grimes walks up. So what are you doing? And uh, Nofe says, we're going to go party. And Grimes is like, uh, he's like, what happened out there? He's like, hey, we had a good match. We had a title match. And uh, Grimes is like, yeah, you lost a title match. When are you going to get another shot? And he's like, weren't you working hard for that shot? You've been busting your asses. Do you think there's going to be more opportunities? He says, no. He says, uh, uh, you guys are doing what you want to do, and you think it's okay to leave before the show is over, before the main event's done? He says, I understand. you got to get to the club. You guys got all the athleticism in the world. You have all the tools. You could be the, and he's looking at, at Idris specifically. He says, you could be the biggest star this company's ever seen, but you're not hungry. He tells Idris he doesn't want him to waste his talent because uh, he says, because I don't waste mine. Yep. Yep. Uh, then we got Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams taking on uh, two dimes and stacks. Uh, Trick, Carmelo get the win here. Uh, stacks. Uh, it's it's uh, uh oh sorry so uh, uh Cruz del Toro is looking to get involved he's looking to hit a splash on Trick maybe so anyways Trick gets out of the way stacks eats it uh, Trick tags in Carmelo Carmelo hits his finish to get the win then we're backstage and Tony's lecturing them all about getting along and Cruz and Santos are, can barely hide their laughter dude Santos was so much fun during the match. Because once that went down, he was cracking up the entire time. It was pretty great. He's, and like you said, backstage, he's still cracking up. And uh, Tony says, you know, you guys need to be better next time. And next time is next week when I beat Carmelo for the North American title. And then we had our main event, Indy Hartwell, Cora Jade, and Roxanne Perez taking on Toxic Attraction. Uh, Cora is isolated for a vast majority of this bout. Um, eventually, she gets the tag into Indy, or so we think. The ref is distracted by J.C. Jane, didn't see the tag, doesn't allow it. So then eventually Cora does tag in Roxanne Perez. She goes on a run. Indy then knocks Mandy out of the ring. Uh, Rox Roxanne hits Gigi with a super kick, tags in Cora. Cora hits a top rope senton. Then she tags Roxanne back in just to make the cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that was your NXT for the night. Yep. Uh, all right, we got a lot, probably a lot of questions here on the Patreon. So I would I'm imagine. Load this up here. Uh, let's see here. So, before we dive into this, I'm just gonna say this: it's probably gonna be a lot of questions asking us to speculate on various natures of the business, which we are simply not equipped no. to answer. Um, so. Like, for example, Mayor of Planet Houston, who might, oh, he's right here in the chat anyways, asks, how likely is it that Vince could be outed from the company? Because off the books, bribing is a big deal. I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the question. It seems to be from everybody, from what everybody's saying, from what everybody's talking about, seems entirely possible. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's the greatest uh, chance of Vince being removed from the head of WWE we've seen since the steroid trial. Yeah, I think Meltzer mentioned that on Twitter. I think that was his assessment of it. Um, uh, but again, that was Sean Ross Saps as well, which he, he had okay. a video. Maybe that was just earlier. his. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but Vince is also very crafty. So and he has apparently a, a vast majority of the voting power on the board. Yeah. So who knows? 
Um, let's see here. And again, this is the kind of thing. So H2DK Patreon says, uh, is this probe only coming now because the WWE is for sale? I don't think so. I think they're probably, once they got that email, they were obligated to investigate it um, because it's a pretty serious accusation. Yes, it is. It is. So, so I think regardless, that that'd be the case. Um, Cameron says, uh, if shit hits the fan completely and Vince has to step down, would Triple H take over for creative slash booking? No idea. No clue. Um, who knows how far the stench would reach in terms of this entire thing? Um, who knows what relationships Nick Khan looks at? Because surely he'd be the guy to take over on from the, the business, business standpoint. Side of things, absolutely, you would think. absolutely, yeah. Um, but who knows what relationships he's fostered there backstage? For uh, for to to step in for creative, I simply mm -hmm. don't know. I yeah, don't I don't know, know either. I don't know either. Uh, let's see here. Alex Foster said, "I asked if the Druids would wrestle in their robes, and they did." Have you ever had moments where you're joking about something in wrestling, and then it happened? We just did that with Finn Balor. Yeah. When we both joked, said, "Well, somebody said if Finn joins Judgment Day, this is weeks ago. When should he turn?" Well, on it was edge? like the we, week before it happened. <laughs> yeah. We both said immediately. Yeah. Uh, organ Grinder, if you guys decided to turn heel, it would be the, your You People promo to the friend of the sound like. It would be when I got mad about people cheating on Smash Zone. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Very unsettling. Absolutely. I like it. It was real. It was passion right there. Uh, let's see here. Um... Oh, Timur. Okay, so Timur Rahman says... I find it amazing how WWE has gone on so long with all the crazy shit that's happened from both an on-screen and off-screen perspective. How bad would things need to be from both an on-screen and off-screen perspective for you guys to stop watching them? They'd have to be removed from the air for us it to stop be a, Yeah, they'd have to stop being on TV and or go out of business. Yeah, yeah. It's our job. Yep. yep. Uh, let's see, David Matushek, after Ortiz cut his own hair on Dynamite, who else should do that same task if they lose a hair versus hair match? Who should lose their hair next? Imagine if Lance Archer lost a hair versus hair match. He'd probably look like a badass, but yeah, he's got the long braids and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Blake Whitehouse says, is it weird that the likely future interim AW champion will be the third or fourth most important part of the story in the Blood and Guts match in a few weeks? Well, this is a situation they hadn't anticipated. I feel like they're going to build Mox back up to be a bigger deal. Once he yeah. wins that title. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, let's see here. Um, Steve Klain, what are some of your favorite mustaches in wrestling? Mine is Rick Rude's. Oh, what a great mustache. Rick Rude had a great mustache, yeah. What a great mustache. Um, Dutch Mantel had a great mustache. You know, Rick Boogs had a good mustache. A really good mustache. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we'll end on this one. Uh, Don Wagner says, uh, will JR be on commentary a year from now? In the year 2000. I think he'll still be under contract, so I, I think would think so. Probably will be. I mean, it's, you know, uh, Rob Conway guy. We'll end on this one, actually. Dream right. match ideas for Ticking Time Bomb. That's Darby Allen. That would be good. But I don't think Ticking Time, I, I, I just don't know who's going to be there, man. I know, I know. I don't know either because they have their shows on New Japan has shows on the 20th and the 21st because uh, 
time taking time bombs getting his uh junior heavyweight title bout on the 20th i think mm-hmm. and then uh you know the the, four, the the matches to start figuring out who the new japan representative is going to be for the uh, all-atlantic title mm-hmm. um uh, i think those are the both the 20th and the 21st so i mean obviously Ishii's going to be making the trip for forbidden door but i don't know if how many people are on those cards and are going to make the trip i don't know yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've seen Ishii here in the States already. Mm-hmm. We've seen Suzuki here in the States already. They're going to be at Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe their travel situation is such that they are guys that can go back and forth. Jay White, obviously, oh. Will Ospreay. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe some, yeah, visas and such. Visas, work visas, whatever. Yeah, it could you know, be. I, I don't know what it is, but could they, be. we've seen them already. Maybe yeah. it makes sense that from I mean, Okada's made standpoint. a couple trips over. Okada's made a couple. Somebody in chat earlier said he might be working with a back, uh, dealing with a back issue, and maybe he's, that's why he's going to take Forbidden Door off. Could be. Yeah, yeah. That, and that then would who make knows? Sense. Who knows if Danielson's going to be ready by Forbidden Door? I mean, that match alone is worth the price of admission. Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. If that happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for us. Um, I don't know if Sasha Banks. If it's confirmed that she's released tomorrow, wouldn't shock me if you and I went live for a uh, for a quick uh, little quick little thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Otherwise, we'll be back for Smash Zone tomorrow night. Numbers don't lie tomorrow at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.